It is Saturday the 9th of January 2016 and this is episode 267 of Digital Outbox. Happy New Year and welcome back. I'm Chris, the new 2016 Chris, very similar to 2015, but I am Chris S, like, you know, iPhone 5S. Uh, also, Ian's here. I'm just Ian. No, 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 it's Ian S, nonsense. So I haven't gone for a full upgrade this year. I'm just um, just the S model. So everyone's a little bit disappointed because it looks the same. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the S model, now that I have an iPhone 6S, the S model is actually very nice. Um, was it much of an improvement over the just the standard iPhone six? Uh, yeah, because I've still got my because it's, it's a work device. I've still got both, ah, so you can fire up the same things on like both, and you're like, oh, that's um, that is really fast. I think you're giving an insight into your uh, geeky nature there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Right, anyway, so been... happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. It's a pleasure to be back. And uh, because we've been away for a while, you'd have thought there's lots and lots of news and there's a fair bit. So we're going to just do a bit catching up uh, on stuff that happened at the end of last year and coming right up to date with CES, which has just uh, finished in um, America. America! Um, let's start with iPlayer. My favourite topic uh, is now going to be on Apple TV. Um, so it was a bit conspicuous by its absence on Apple TV's launch uh, and made the device in the UK certainly a bit less um, popular than it could have been or certainly a lot less featured. Uh, now it's going to have iPlayer. So there we go. Nice. Um, it does have iPlayer. And interestingly, everybody in the UK got it by default. So you didn't have to go to the App Store and you didn't have to go and download it. Uh... You switched on your Apple TV and I was like, Oh, because I'd seen the I'd seen the BBC tweet and all that saying, "Yep, we're on iPlayer. This is fantastic." And I thought, oh, "I must go install that." Fired up the Apple TV and it was already there. And I thought, How uh, and weird. that's probably down to the BBC's licensing, which says it has to be generally available. You know that uh, all the Xbox had all those issues because it was tied away behind a, a paid for uh, interface. Uh, I, and iPhone not, is the app sure. stores behind. Yeah. A, not sure because Apple used to work that way of just saying here's a new TV channel for you or here's a new app for you. And if you think of mm-hmm. the old, um, the old Apple TV, which did not have an app store, they just used to like, there's a new icon, there's a new thing you can watch. Um, but but I reckon most people in the UK, if they had an Apple TV, the new one would have been downloading that anyway. Yes. So what's the point in delaying that? Um, probably less offensive than you two putting their album on iPhone <laughs> devices, but there you go. Um, so that's that's happened. Um, Plex has also chopped its charge for Xbox and PlayStation consoles. So this is Plex, the media streaming service, which you can install on, I don't know, a PC around your home, and then you can stream movies intelligently to different devices. And it used to be that you had to pay um, for their Plex Pass to get the Xbox and PlayStation, but now you can download those apps for free. So if you're looking for a cheap really feature rich good looking um streaming service to push movies from your um computer to your xbox or playstation this is the way to go definitely yeah as you know i love my plex yeah you're you're a big plex advocate yeah yeah i love it uh and it deals with all the kind of conversions and everything like that so you don't have to worry about anything you just have to 
find the media device and play. Um, Twitter moments. We talked about Twitter moments uh, at the end of last year. US had a launch. This is where Twitter's trying to combine all its news into um, sort of aggregated journalistic type content. Uh, it's now launched in the UK. So you can click on the little um, lightning strike is their kind of icon of choice for this. Uh, and it will show you what it thinks is the news that's happening now. Any interest? Well, so I don't use I don't use the official Twitter client yes, on iOS. So you don't get that then. But I've just I've just fired up it just now, just to see what it's it's telling me. So student mm-hmm. nurses protest, bursary or burst. The ten best celebrity tweets of the week. <laughs> um trial of Irish teenager delayed for twelfth time. I don't really care. Um when Calvin and Hobbes met the Force Awakens, which is thumbs up because I'd already saved that to pocket and also followed the artist. So that was a guy who worked on the Force Awakens but can sketch like Calvin and Hobbes. So he's merged the two. He's doing these great Instagram posts. So far, everything you're reading out is exactly the same as what it is on mine and on a test account that I've got. So there's, it doesn't seem to like there's like any differences going on here. You know, so 10 tweets to start your Saturday. Britain's most mm-hmm. brutal race gets underway and Justin Bieber's careers in ruins. So yes, I've got a there's a few, you know I've got park run around the world or something like that as well. Yes, I um, couldn't be bothered reading that. Yeah, fair enough. So so basically, it's, it seems like this isn't uh, different per user. It's exactly the same content for every user around. So they're not doing any kind of clever, uh, or certainly doesn't seem to be doing any clever thing. But it just says what's been happening, I guess, in the recent times. There you go. And I guess when, when the article, when I put this in, it came out mid-December, so it came out on uh, the, the kind of 15th. And it did. they did say that it, was the, it wasn't created, but it was their own people, you know, kind of putting this together. And yes. it talked about, you know, there's there's 10 tweets to start your day and stuff like that. So it's, I don't know, it just feels a bit, I want, you want your news to be tailored. There's so much news out there now. I don't need somebody else's, you know, view on this is what you should read today. I guess it's just it's it's something else they're trying content curation effectively as far as there's lots of information on Twitter why don't we try and highlight the best bits that are going around that's what they're trying to do it's that's a bit meh for me yeah it, it kind of made sense if it was kind of feeding off of a bit of personalization a bit of look at who I follow and maybe also, that's where all head maybe yeah, and also head. you know like you know the whole Twitter trends you know because you can mm. You know, and, and for all I know, maybe when I switched it on, you know, if I'd switched it on like during the Sherlock episode, maybe it would all be focused on that and tell me things about that, but I doubt it. No, I doubt it. Um, Slack launch has launched a new um, $80 million investment fund. So Slack is kind of, I guess it's the buzzword in, in corporate communications. It's like a messaging app that you can um, run within your organization. It keeps everything secure um, and you can integrate it with loads of other services. Uh, up until now, they've been kind of doing that integration, but they've now launched both an app store and uh, a fund to get people uh, to integrate their products into Slack, um, trying to sort of seal home their advantages that they've got by just making this the de facto internal communications for organizations. Slack is just, I, I think this is going to be the next big platform. You know, its um, I'm not saying it's going to take Facebook and Twitter, but I think... I think a lot of people who maybe were doing some, you know, because I know you, I know you've said it's like a, it is, and it is corporate communications. It's kind of primary thing, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of you know groups are using it, you know, so teams outside of work, you know, if we mm-hmm. were doing a, 
I don't know. I guess if we were doing a liquors for him again, there's a good chance we'd just set it up in Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, it's got all these crazy GIF integrations and all sorts of other funny things. And I, I, I don't know. I just think it's a, I think this could be massive. It, what it feel okay yes so i guess the summary of that it feels lively yeah it feels like something's happening here it feels it feels like they've got a platform that's not just about messaging it's actually about enhancing and, and adding to it's almost like uh, you know an empty framework for your own kind of social area which you can then add in whatever you want into it now how far that will go and whether that's just concept at the moment but 80 million dollars is certainly a, a fund worth people's attention so Definitely, and and there was always this thing that it was a, a kind of email killer. So it was to get get away from because email is still quite pervasive. That it's still the kind of easiest way sometimes of doing something, but it's really crap. You know, if we were we were organising something, I shouldn't be doing that in email. I should be doing that, you know, via a calendar or via something else in Slack. They've got loads of stats that say once it's you know brought into an organisation, it kills a lot of email. You know, sharing the links is a lot easier with Slack. You can follow channels a lot easier. There's a lot more public channels out there now that you can start to follow. And I guess the negative that people see is it's just another place to go and visit. Yes. So that, now that, that's you know, one that's... of the things they're trying to solve is that by making Slack integrate with loads of other places, it makes it the central go-to app where you're actually using more and then these other apps sort of go by the wayside but slack is your central hub um uh, we, we say we use it within our organization um we definitely not fully integrated yet hasn't killed off email by any stretch of the imagination but um it's still an interesting and i think potentially growing thing for us very good um apple and other providers actually have been calling on the government over the time we've been off to scale back the, the, the scope of the snoopers charter there both apple and a consortium of, of big uh, of the big companies microsoft twitter yahoo facebook have all kind of pretty much said the same thing which is the, the, the no matter what the you know the uh, designs of the new snoopers charters are and how what it's intended to do the wording and um, wide scope of the words that are used in it um, effectively mean that they're going to be in a position where they can't, or you know, they can't secure people's data, um, and and they can't necessarily even comply with laws around the world because the, our UK laws are supposed to be stretching for any company that works anywhere around the world. Really, anyway, it's basically they're they're saying what we all know, which is it's a bit screwed up. Yes, Apple came out on their own. Um, initially, so just before Christmas, and then this week we've seen Google, Facebook, Microsoft all kind of clubbed together. Um, yeah, who was in there as well, but they, they don't matter anymore. <laughs> the, um, but the, sorry, cheap pop. Um, and it's and it's back to me. We, we covered this. We covered when the Snoopers chat first got mentioned, and then we talked about how there was only like six six submissions had been you know put in against it. But but clearly, clearly there's a bit of momentum now from some of these large tech companies saying this isn't going to fly and this isn't going to work well uh, one of the arguments is okay so the uk are saying yep you must comply with warrants to uh, show us the communications that are happening and and what's happening between say two people Um, and you have to in fact it's not just saying that it's saying you have to aid the government to hack into um, these kind of communications that are happening so however that happens um and and it doesn't matter whether you're facebook and therefore you you know you're a us company the uk warrant 
expands to you uh, it's cross cross international and their, their kind of argument is okay so what happens if uh, someone like china also has a law like this that, that says that we have to aid them to hack all of your own personal communication your government communications for example you know what happens when and and you know if, if it's okay for you to do it how come it's not okay for them to do it and and, and we're going to be in a position where we're trying to work out who can we comply with and who do we actually you know who do we which laws do we want to agree uh, to go with and, and which laws do we do we want to ignore and therefore potentially get uh, you know criminal proceedings against us in, in, in quite the most severe way so they're just saying it's, it's impossible to work um it's it's too wide a scope and effectively they're going to have to you know the, the costs involved in the, the what they're being asked to do are, are huge and people's data won't be secure absolutely so i think they've all kind of pointed out that you know putting in the back door isn't just a back door for good guys you know and that's and, and um I'm using that word flippantly because it's hard to sometimes see who the good and bad people are out there. Um, yeah. But all they're saying is the back door means it's not just it's not just you know a UK government that would have access. Um, and equally, I, I guess most disappointing is that is the fact that they're all saying the actual laws itself are pretty vague. You know, and, they're, and they're deliberately open, so you can almost yeah. see why it's been done like that. Yeah, yeah. the open to interpretation. Theresa May is saying that you know it will not ban intending you know, encryption. But the other companies are saying, well, it just depends how you interpret it, because you've just not come out and said what you what it really is. It's vague. Yeah. So Theresa May, on one hand, saying it won't ban end to end encryption, but she is saying, however, if you've got end to end encryption, then we need to be able to intercept it. Yeah. <laughs> which but, break, you know, which is that goes against what end to end encryption is. And, yeah. and she's also said that we um, reject any proposals that would require companies to deliberately weaken the security of their products via back doors. And yeah, like, they so... need the back doors, and you need to allow us to hack yourself and, and support yeah. us in that process. So, yes, it, it's it, like you know they're only pointing out what what a lot of people have said before is that the intent of this, no matter where it comes from, and the intent of you know we want to protect ourselves and protect our citizens from terrorists, the output of what they're actually proposing to try and solve that issue is has much much wider implications for what the internet is and how it works and and all the things that we rely on in nowadays in modern day world and society you know how how do you get around that anyway there we go um mark zuberg also came out and said i've got some new year's resolutions uh and my resolution is going to be i want to build a home ai um and he's got the money to do it <laughs> uh, and there you go so he's he wants to build this ai to drive everything that he does in 2016 yeah he wants to build an ai butler which was trans i guess it was transferred in many people's mind into wants to build jarvis from iron man <laughs> which uh, is did uh, he say that it, i think he said that well, he, he said, wants it to be similar to that he said he described his potential ai helper as like jarvis from mm. iron man but obviously it's turned into he is building that and, <laughs> and it's I, I don't know i mean because what he's basically saying he's going to use technology that's already out there and he wants to teach the system voice control so he can control music, lights, and temperature of his home. I mean, he could buy, he could buy um, Amazon's whatever it's called. What was that? So we saw some. Um, yeah, I know exactly. I can't remember the name of all these things, but all those kind of things. They're, they're, all these devices and items are disparate and out there, right? They're um, they're all. He's saying, I want to pull all these together in and have a, a bit of software, effectively, that runs everything and, and puts a human interface to that. Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the thing. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon Echo. Um, yes, that's it. Yes, and, and what the, and it was interesting because it was one of the Verge articles from through the week that was basically saying that, that Amazon did nothing at CES. There was no, 
It was a bit like Apple. No press, there was no stand, there was no stalls. But it was amazing how many products says they integrated with Echo and with Alexa so you could voice control them. And I think, um, was it Samsung came out or some one of the manufacturers came out with an equivalent of Echo, but it had an LCD screen on it. Um, so the idea is expanding and it's still quite a compelling idea. This, this it, It's kind of taken the Siri and the Google Now model to... Um, to be much more it's just it's a it's a wider but more kind of natural way of integrating like you hear on star trek you know talking to you know absolutely and, well and it's, like it's what it's what ultimately that you know, it takes away you know worrying about a ui takes away worrying about yeah. you know which button do i press i'm too hot okay i'll turn the heating down <laughs> so what Zuckerberg's saying is not i'm not going to reinvent all these things that need to come together he's saying all those things that need to come together out there no one's actually brought them all together into this one all-encompassing solution and and maybe that's you know he's saying i can i think i can do that for myself and then who knows where it'll go from there so whoop to do twitter more twitter news they're thinking proposing pondering the idea of removing their 140 character limit um you know potentially going up to like 10,000 characters but only showing in the stream the first 140 characters. Um, and I guess they're pondering because does does this destroy the service that they've got now? Does it go away from exactly why they've even got any users? Um, and is this really going to enhance things? I don't know what you're, where you stand on that. Uh, to me, they're just going to write a blogging service if they don't watch it. <laughs> you know, so if yeah. you look at something like Medium or you look at something like even with Facebook with their notes... I mean, one of the I, every week in the blog, I kind of pulled together my, my kind of you know what I've enjoyed reading this week, and you know maybe what I'm recommending to others. And one of the ones this week was a Star Wars review. The guy just wrote it in Facebook Notes, and it gives you a, a web page like like Medium. You know, they're all they're all they're all starting to merge onto the kind of same thing. And obviously, Medium gets a lot of traffic. Um, and this this came out as a kind of like people saying, oh well, it's been rumored that there's an internal trial going on, and people were like, no, you know you jumping from 140 because they've, they've talked in the past maybe it should be 300 maybe it should be a thousand maybe it should be you know a slightly higher number because there's always that challenge sometimes of getting your actual message into 140 characters um and then jack dorsey did a tweet which was a screenshot from apple notes because <laughs> because <laughs> we've seen people doing this there's two yeah, ways yeah. of getting around the limit one is to take a you know is to write up your text somewhere else and take a screenshot of it and attach it yeah. And lots of people have been doing that over the last sort of six, nine months. Started to get more and more popular. And also we've all seen tweet storms, you know, where somebody does like one of ten. I am yes. annoyed and here is why I'm annoyed and I'm going to tell yes. you why I'm annoyed. Two of ten. The reason I'm annoyed is this and yeah. three of ten and this is what I'm going to do about it. Four of ten. So he did this big, you know, and I'm saying big for Twitter. He did a post which basically said um, it's a public, you know, Twitter is public messaging. It's a simple way to say something. However, <laughs> Mm. and they've seen screenshots of text and tweeting it like he's just done and just what if the text was text so they can search it and they can you know make it richer and that is for me that is right i i, I don't personally like the big pages of there's a picture somebody's put up with text on it yes i'll read it but it's dumb I, yeah I, I don't know that it, it's up to you know what they want to do with their service or whatever i i think it might destroy one of the unique selling points of what twitter was um when it first started fine things evolve over time they're they're worried that they're they're stagnating on they're not seeing the growth in users that they want to see i don't know why they want to see 
endless growth in users is because that was what the shareholders want, I guess, um, this endless, endless growth. And rather than thinking, what are we as a service and what should we be doing to, you know, be that thing that we're trying to be, they're now confused as to what they want to be because they're trying to grab, they're trying to endlessly grow users. Yeah, and it's, it's back, the share price is tanking. You know, which hasn't helped with the stock markets at the moment, but it is it was on its way down anyway, and it's, so it's just putting them more and more under pressure, and maybe makes them a target to be bought. You know, be, they were always seen as a you know Twitter and Facebook, but Facebook is massive compared to Twitter. Um, I, there was one interesting stat. I think Facebook allows up to a thousand characters or ten thousand characters already, and obviously Twitter's one hundred and forty. The average mm-hmm. message in Facebook was fifty six characters, and the yeah. average message in Twitter was fifty nine. Yes. So, so they, they, yeah, and and there's lo- there's loads of blogging platforms out there. There's plenty of places where people churn out what they want you to hear. And is yeah, maybe is Twitter what that's supposed to be? Nah. And I don't. I just. No. I, mean, I mean, they're talking about how they would still show the first 140 characters, but what's the difference between that and a hyperlink to a medium post? Mm. It just and and maybe they're just because uh, because they're seeing other platforms like Medium taking off. They're maybe saying we need to offer something to kind of keep eyeballs here and keep content here. Yeah, and keeping you on keeping a user on the service is important. And the, you know there are plenty of times when you do click on a link in a Twitter on a Twitter, for example, on a Twitter on a tweet, um, and it takes you across to. Um, you know, it takes you across to a site that is really badly performing has tons of adverts that don't work all those kind of things and and then you you're left with a almost a stalled app on a phone for example because it's crashed it pretty much yes. so actually containing all that content within twitter means that they've got access to that content and it saves some of that so there you go there's a there's a positive and if they do um, it round if they're always going to add if they do it similar to the how others are doing these kind of instant articles you know because it's already cached and it's yes. yeah. that makes such a difference you know an yeah, apple maybe, news maybe just good. clicking on something and seeing text go. quickly there you go. That maybe that's maybe that's the solution, but but would a news journalist site be prepared to post their content fully into Twitter wouldn't rather so. than link you to their website where they have got all their adverts? And yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't no, have thought so. No. Um, is iPhone? Is Apple going to kill off the headphone jack? Who cares? Well, it would kick up a fuss to start with, you know, especially if someone's just bought their nice set of Bose uh, headset, you know, noise cancelling, blah blah, this that and the other. Um, yeah, there's there's rumours going around, and they're normally sparked from something, aren't they? That the, the, the headphone jack is one of the ones things that Apple wants to remove from their next product, or certainly they're considering it. Who knows whether they are or they are not? Um, but it's another one of these painful points, you know. It's like when they change the, the the connectors on their phones, and think of all the accessories that go along with their devices that suddenly then are no longer relevant. Um, and headphones is one of those. Uh, they want to clearly get to a more stream or say they want to you know you can see why they'd want to go to a wireless sort of solution so two hundred thousand people have wasted their time by by signing this petition and because because if apple want to go down this route they're not going to listen and it's a short-term pain as far as they're concerned they get a bit of backlash they get people who are annoyed so there was two bits to this because before, just before or after Christmas, it was, and they've talked about it before that they potentially they're going to remove the headphone jacks. It lets them go a little bit thinner. And then there was this other rumor that it was going to go to lightning connector because then you can do high um, resolution audio far better than over a a normal standard 5, yeah. headphone jack. 
and which all sounded fine and good but there's all there's all that science behind the high resolution audio people can't really tell the difference and you're just liars so who who knows um for me see if they went wireless and it was a decent set of wireless headphones or the, I was going to say, or you know, there was some other options there, but my worry is battery life because they're so stingy and so tight in battery. They're always talking about the thinnest possible, and if I'm now putting on a set of Bluetooth or something headphones, it's just going to eat it even more. Yeah, um, so I mean, I I've got a set of wireless Bluetooth headphones, and they're and they're they're fine for music. Um, but if you're watching video, there's there's a distinct lag. Uh, it's mm. you know it's it's not a massive lag but it's but long it's enough. enough that yeah. you know when a TV goes out of sync and the, yes. the noise is not quite it, it, it's annoying it yes. bugs your brain your brain doesn't get used to it oh no I can't <laughs> stand it's like when you it's when you plug in an amp for the first time and you realise oh it's just 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 point something of a yeah. second out and you're like I need to tweak that yes exactly it's, it's enough to make you it, it removes the illusion as they say um Peach is this Peach. the new messaging app um from the founder of vine so this is a kind of another just another set of messages it's kind of it's got a few integrated sort of cleverness bits to it so it's it's almost like twitter crossed with slack i guess really um so you have a friends list but you can uh you can integrate gifs into it you can draw you can um post what you're listening to things like that um and it's all irrelevant because Cheesy as a username's already gone, so it's it's pointless for me. Oh, disaster! I know. So there's no point in me being an early adopter if I can't have cheesy. Um, yeah. So this this kind of all blew up last night, basically, um, with loads of people like you know I'm on Peach. Here's my username. Add me on Peach. Here's my username. And then I guess it's a bit of a land grab to make sure you get usernames like cheesy. Gone. Because you don't want to be cheesy UK. You want to be cheesy. I know, and I'm have to be cheesy UK. So. It's- but is that not the same as Twitter? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. The um... because I didn't get it there either. <laughs> I don't use Twitter. <laughs> is that the anyway? Sole, is it... that the sole reason you don't use Twitter? No. No. no I find it boring. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There you go. So it's a new server. It seems to have got a buzz, and you know how these things happen. And if Twitter's on the fall and Peach is on the rise, then maybe all the shareholders go over to that 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 product. That's how it kind of runs at the moment. Uh, even if you know, hang on Twitter, we've got we've got billions of users. Hello, <laughs> yeah, don't matter because Peach is the new thing. And I can't see. I mean, it took it took a while for Twitter to start getting you know media companies in it, and yeah. and it'll be interesting to see because because I'm sure all the tech sites have probably signed up, but well, has, has yeah, BBC, but, you know, is Sky, is all these kind of with places. Twitter. It was more the issue was people not being set up to issue kind of support over that kind of social media. They've most companies now have employed someone in to specifically do that. Yeah. So them switching their account to Peach is really nothing different. It's it's actually the infrastructure for that kind of basis of social no, point. social help is is different from yeah which service they end up using. But yeah, um. Anyway, yeah, whatever. CES. Let's quickly go on to CES. I say quickly. This is obviously the big thing that happens at the beginning of each year. Everyone tootles off to Las Vegas. Did you? Did we go? <laughs> I didn't notice if we did. Uh, did uh, no. So we'll just we'll just rely on other people going and talking to us about what's going on. Anyway, so what happened at CES? Consumer Electronics Show. Um, well, there were lots. There, you know, it's always a massive thing. And I guess from a tech podcast point of view, we're looking for new, exciting things. And I don't think we we were met with much of that this time. No, 
No, and, and so, and I guess the way I've done the, the, the kind of notes for this one is, and I'll usually throw in some of the big ones like, you know, the Sonys and the Samsungs, you know, and, 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 and Intel usually has a, you know, a keynote and car manufacturers have keynotes and there's always usually something coming out and nothing really, nothing jumped out as, a, as like a, you know. No new announcements, but if you take a step back and actually look at the world we live in now, it's still flipping amazing. Oh, it is. You know, like they're talking, they're not just talking about drones now, they're talking about personal flight drones that we, yes. you can actually get on board. <laughs> and also, yeah. I think, so there was some trends that I wrote down, so USB-C, after like a year of not really doing very much, all of a sudden there was USB-C monitors and there was USB dongles, and so that seems to have, you know, gain traction you know lots of people turned up lots of manufacturers turned up and said here's our usb-c devices and yeah, so all the motherboards all these things that yeah. they all suddenly now got usb-c and yeah. vr was a bit of a trend and we'll come on to that because there's a couple of stories yeah. around vr that were interesting as you said drones that seem to be lots and lots of drones um so yep. there was new ones from dji and parrot and also there's a lot more talk of intelligent drones you know like being safe and not being able to well, I did, did you see not, the bbc not crash into a tree and then into a weir yeah bomb <laughs> bomb <laughs> um did you see the did you see the bbc reporter who was visiting a place in belgium that had a kickstarter for the world's safest drone and won't crash and it was quite clever it was a it's basically inside a bubble and and mm-hmm. it's like a, a propeller inside so you can grab it you know as it's flying. right okay she crashed it yeah um, of course she did I, and it broke <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, and, and health devices, yeah. so lots of health devices. So Withings smart homes had yeah. their temperature thing and lots of other yeah. things, and there was smart home stuff. So that was robotic arms as well seems to be a thing. Yes, weirdly, having this is not only a smart home, but something that an assistant that can do stuff, like an assistant that can cook meals. You choose a meal that you want, and then this robotic arm will actually physically go and chop everything and put that in you know all those kind of it's, sounds great i can't see like, what would be wrong with a robot with a knife could, in its hand what could possibly go wrong <laughs> um but if you so if you take a step back we're we're starting to live in that microsoft vision of the future that they Hold had on. what happens if i get stabbed by a robot arm would that robot arm have to go to jail would there be a murder trial no but the manufacturer of that robot arm might have to answer to questions yeah what, you if, know, it was, the, what if it was you quest- that had programmed it is yeah. it your fault or is it oh exactly there's there's all sorts of questions that we haven't yet answered i'm sure theresa may will answer them for us in due course <laughs> um yeah so yeah, like i say we're almost living in that Microsoft vision of the future now, and and with Zuckerberg and people like and and Amazon's um, Echo and these other products, we're starting to be in that world where you can start talking to your home, um, and you everything's connected and it knows what you want to do, and and electric cars are all intelligent now and things like that. So anyway, let's talk about a couple of the things, um, new technologies, Wi-Fi. Uh, the kind of group that looks after Wi-Fi has come up with a new low power version for connected devices. So one of the, you know, Wi-Fi seems like a good way of connecting everything together, but actually it's very power hungry. So for small devices or devices that are constantly on, you don't really want them to be sapping power via Wi-Fi. So they've come up with a kind of Bluetooth alternative, I guess. Yes, and it's called Halo, H-A-L-O-W. Um, it'll be, they reckon it'll be coming in 2018, so still a fair bit off. And maybe the, the interesting part is it'll be longer range and also the potential to connect to the internet. Whereas at the moment, Bluetooth is fairly, you know, you need another device to talk to something in Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind of its advantage over the top of Bluetooth is the fact that it can stretch further and still connect to the actual internet. Okay. Um, Faraday. Yeah, and I threw this in because there's lots of there's lots of talk about you know electric cars and Google's doing autonomous cars and Apple's going to do an electric car and even just today Apple seemingly has registered Apple Auto and Apple Cars, right? Uh, which has got everybody talking, but. That could just be because they're buying some domains just to make sure that nobody else buys them. Yeah. Um, so this was their... <laughs> Faraday, I've, I've been talking over in America for quite a while now, and this was a kind of big release of this is our future vision, but it still wasn't a car you could drive. And seemingly there was lots of rumours that they were actually a, a kind of a pseudo name for Apple's development work. But that seems to not to be true. They've got a whole lot of Chinese backers rather than, yes, than Apple. They were quiet about the backers and everyone sort of put one-on-one together and made three to say, you know, oh, Apple must be involved in this and that's why they're trying to keep secret. But actually it was because it was China and that's still equally as divisive in America, isn't it? So, But basically what they're doing is a, a kind of underlying platform which they can bolt on a number of different cars and bodies. So they've put a massively sporty body on, on their kind of concept car and the videos that they've released of the you know the, the the kind of renderings are all this sort of um racer-esque type looking car but actually their idea is that this platform is underneath and, and effectively they strap on a, a, a you know a utility vehicle or a just a city car or whatever um all kind of based around the same kind of thing you know big big block of batteries with four wheels at the corners um pretty much like any other electric car but they've got a bit of buzz and they are hoping that they can actually get some good performance out of it. I've got a friend who's just bought an i3, so oh. it's, it does feel, it feels very future still. You know, yeah, just... it's still, and when I see, I mean, there's people obviously had electric vehicles for years in the UK, but it just feels infrastructure wise, it's just not, just just not right there, not quite there. You know, there's, it's getting there's, there. It's it is getting there, but... You know, he seen... was talking about the problems and there's now massive etiquette of, you know, you know, you, where you can plug your car in, how long you can leave it for. So if you go to a service station, there are kind of queuing apps now that say when your next slot of, you know, for your if, and things like there are fast charge points. And if anyone on a slow charger is p- plugged into a fast charge point, well, that causes all sorts of etiquette issues that obviously because you're denying someone a 15 minute top up because your car's going to be there for eight hours so it's all sorts of all sorts of pain but the you know the technologies aren't quite combined enough yet that that everything is sorted but but they but it's not far away from being that it's much much closer than it's ever been and it won't be long before we are in that position no it will be and i think we'll all have there will be i don't know if it's 10 years away or 15 years away but there'll be a tipping point where it'll be, yeah. you know, electric cars will be the number one choice. Not, I think. I think most people at the moment are just sitting well within their kind of realm of, you know, their 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 zone of where their car can reach and they can get home again. I think most people prefer to do that than rely on these remote charging stations. But with the range extenders and things like that, you can actually still drive along on petrol. Um, the petrol just charging up the battery, basically. Yes. Um. Okay, so that's that was Faraday Future. Um, Vive, HTC's Vive. So this was the um, this is uh, VR headset, isn't it? Um, is this for? Uh, I can't remember the well, who's this for. It's, it's this Valve. So Valve, that's it, Valve, Valve yes. partnered with HTC, and and initially they were going to launch what was going to just be called the Vive, um, and then just before Christmas, it actually is a delay. 
but we're going to bring out basically bring out a product that will only exist as a, a kind of demo product. And this is it, the Vive Pre. Um, and the difference is they've got a, a built-in camera and it's got new controllers. And the camera almost allows it to do like Microsoft HoloLens type stuff. Um, Pass-through so, stuff, yeah. So it, it let, lets you see, you know, what you would be looking at and it kind of blends worlds rather than being, you know, you're in a just a different world and your, your brain and your body are like totally disconnected. But it's limited at the moment to only kind of being offering up and you know the area in which your vr environment can be tracked basically so it kind of kind of integrates the real world in a kind of limited way at the moment but i guess the idea is that at some point you'll be able to bring in your actual environment into the vr world properly yes. um oculus rift also um announced their kind of product which is going to be effectively 600 dollars and start shipping in march um this year so not very far away um, with massive sp- spike in um, in uh, specifications as well, enough that our friend friend of the show, Bomb Dogs, is um, Paul's actually buying one or has pre-ordered one already, straight off. He said that the spike in um, specifications is is big enough to make him think it's going to be um, the real deal. Um, yeah. So this is five hundred quid for UK. Um, uh, when you've when you've when you've put in so it's when you've put in your your. Delivery charge, I think it's about five twenty something like that. Um, but that doesn't include the new handsets, only the Xbox controller. No, so the new handsets are later in the year, and, and but they, again, they got a good buzz from CES because they were demoing them, and lots of people were saying, yeah. you know, you if if you buy an Oculus, you probably definitely will be buying a the handsets when they come out as well. Um, and don't forget, you need a grand's worth of PC. Yeah, if you if you're willing to build your own, you're probably talking about yeah six seven hundred pounds to put something together that's going to be able to run it um so it's not not a cheap thing and and certainly it's quite a lot more money than the developer kits so the developer kits were selling for sort of 250 pounds so it's a big step double that but it is a massive spec change like i say and and it's got the actual hardware that comes along with it so it's it's the the, the tracking camera is a lot more advanced and and all those kind of things as you say the spec jumps massive and um, facebook obviously bought them for was it two billion mm. three billion Two billion. Two. And um and I guess a lot of people were quite disappointed and and the, the, the owner of Oculus has come out and apologized and said, Look, I always wanted it around that three three hundred dollars, three hundred and fifty dollars mark. But the the we saw the step up in quality we could get um if we went, you know, as as you're saying, you know, as Paul's identified, there's a there is a spec bump there that is probably justifying that price. Um which apparently solves some of the sickness issues that people yes. were having, and that—that's a big thing. If if you bought a three hundred fifty dollar thing that makes you sick, and you're not going to use it, whereas it's six hundred dollars and it solves that, then maybe you will use it. It's interesting. I know a couple of people. We we did some visualization work at our, our firm last year, and and the company we worked with, they were really that they, they, they were working with Oculus and working with other things, but they they, they kind of found the company his disappointment was the kind of race to the bottom. Uh, and that, that it needs quality components. Yeah, he believes it'll be a you know he was like it'll be a thousand pound device. It'll be the better device, not a. Yes, everybody wants to you know get a hundred pound device out, but it's just not good enough. And people will have a crap experience, and it'll it'll just be poo pooed. There's a certain you know with today's technology, there's a certain only a certain limit you can hit, and then once you're below that, you you it's just such a poor experience. And sooner or later, it will come down in price anyway. It always does, and it's still not. It's not so far out of people's reach. It's, you know, it's still a 
a Christmas nice to have. So maybe Christmas 2016 will be, you know, it's still not outreached. Maybe if it's five hundred quid, it's only like a console, isn't it? Um, and uh, what will be interesting is the the Sony's version comes out this year, and there's no pricing for that. It wouldn't surprise me if it's about five hundred pound. Yeah. Um, and I probably will pick it up. Um, that's that's yeah, and and for me. I'm in the console world more than the, the PC world. I mean, therefore, you know, who knows? But I, I'm still so interested to say, having had the demo of it on what is now considered old hardware, it's, um, it was I, w- I was amazed by it, and I'm so was I. I was I'm excited by it still. Yeah, it was compelling excited. enough. And thumbs up to Oculus because they turned around to original Kickstarters, and they reckon it was about um, they reckon it was about nine and a half thousand, but then maybe maybe it was only about seven and a half. But they have said you'll get one free. So you get one of the brand new ones free. So there you go. So if you were a Kickstarter, then you're in for a nice prize come April time. Um, Blaze was a new product by Fitbit. This was a smartwatch, um, but it's not fully integrated. So it doesn't. Have the, it kind of tracks everything. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be designed to be worn all the time, but it doesn't have a GPS integrator. So if you want GPS, then it has to be hooked up to a phone that you're taking with you. Um, but it can hook up, so there's you know it's, it's a limited um, issue that. But the rest of it is pretty special, so it's it tracks automatically tracks your activities. You don't have to start or stop them. It can work out what you're up to and what you're doing, um, and you know tracks all your steps. Does a has an integrated heartbeat monitor, so um, kind of just takes their clip-on devices and just adds it to a strap, and therefore it's something you're going to wear all the time, and rather got- than wash it in the washing machine. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and they do i'm trying to remember what their name of their oh surge they've got a one out yes. just now called a surge which is i think has gps in yes, it, it so it's a bit yeah. more expensive and this looked it looked you know see if you look at the spec sheet it ticks everything but i just thought it looked ugly yeah it's not the most attractive of things but but you know it's not a style watch no but then again, I don't think people are that worried. It doesn't, you know, when you actually analyse it, it's not much different to many of the other smartwatches, really. And Fitbit has has been far more successful than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, we were obviously early adopters. Really early, yeah. And um, over the last year, they've sold so many. I mean, what yeah, yeah, well, they publicly floated. They've caught the imagination. My sister's talking about Fitbit because she's yep. got one for, had one for it Christmas. Seems, and... It seems to be the the brand yep. that if you don't go like with an Apple. It's a Fitbit. Well, they're 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 a good, you know, they they're good at their marketing. They're on TV now, so they're, they're expanding out that way. It's yep. you know, it becomes part of the public watchword. Um, and and they got some good credit for this device there. But the people who actually had their hands on it and saw what it did said it, it was a nice device and and it's won some awards. It's it's also even though it comes you know effectively in a strap, actually it's uh, for a, for a watch. It is a pop out device, so it can it could be attached to something else. It could be attached to a clip or. If you don't want to have it as a watch device, you can you can do that. But what was weird, I saw some people knocking it for for it not having an app store, and it's like if you tried an Apple Watch, if you, I'm talking about maybe five or six apps that I'd put on and no more. Yeah, you know, it's that it does not need an app store. Yeah, and it does what it's kind of this is what you want it to do, and therefore it you know it does it well, and it does it a lot cheaper. So two hundred dollars as opposed to. Um, I don't know what the actual surge costs, but it's you know it's, it's an increase because it's got the GPS and the battery lasts longer in this device, whereas in the surge it doesn't because of the GPS device. So there you mm. go. 
All right then. Let's um, TVs were also obviously a massive. They always are a CS, a massive thing. Um, we're still in that weird intermediate stage where everyone's competing for the 4K, even though there's no real 4K <laughs> use case um, at the moment. Um, they do look stunningly beautiful. Everyone's going for HDR this year, so uh, high dynamic ranges rather than the sort of uh, well, they, the, <laughs> they're already got too many pixels that people don't know what to do with. So now they're going to go for these new technologies um, and it's like dynamic ranges where they're going. Um, so Samsung had a touting them their TV as their central control area. So for all your connected devices, you can control it through your TV. So that's their kind of selling point. Yes, alongside as you said HDR and it's thinner and it's brighter. And they they, they look stunning. They look beautiful from they what do. I can see. I'd like to go and see a load of them in real life. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. They do look absolutely stunning. Um, Ridiculously thin. I mean, there was one, there was an LG, an LG, um, I was going to say Oculus, but it's not, OLED, an, L, an LG OLED screen. And it was gorgeous looking. And when I say thin, it was, yeah, it looked like a wafer. It was ridiculous how thin it was. And it's amazing how much the OLEDs have come down in price recently mm. from their ridiculously high initial start to now it is pretty regular to have a 55 inch for, you know, 1500 quid, something like that. Yeah, no, they are they are dropping down, um, and I guess alongside these can because uh, the Samsung is all as you say home control, and I guess that's where a lot of the things like you know controlling it with, you know, with audio helps. Um, but we also had the first 4K Blu-ray announcement, so yes. Panasonic and Samsung were, were leading the charge on that, um, and and I think Warner Brothers are, are bringing out you know 30 products or 30 you know ultra. 4K HD Blu-rays. What are they called? Ultra HD Blu-ray format. That's what they're, they're Yeah, about. I mean, called. pretty much <laughs> they're all using the, the letters HD, Ultra, 4K in various orders and with various different spaces. And they all mean different technologies and things like that. So, you know, it, it's is discs technology still where we, we're going to go probably to start with? Um, and then it's just you pay your money, takes choice. And hopefully someone will make a device eventually that will support all the different platforms. And there was no uh, real talk of price, but I saw somebody no. somewhere saying that they're the first players around a thousand pound. It's just like, oh, a lot of money, yeah, oh, awful lot of money. So, so, uh, and Sony have basically came out with their new technology of their TVs and stuff, and stuff. Um, but they're they're going down the streaming route. So they've they've said we're going to be able to stream 4K to, um, from our own from Sony Pictures, basically. So our own content range will be available to to stream. And streaming does seem like the more reasonable way of delivery of this kind of stuff. However, you know, 4K streams are going to be massive if they're properly done. Uh, you, you use the word proper because uh, I still, I still think you're going to see, you know, it won't be done properly. Yet. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just when you, when you're seeing it just now and are saying, you know, it's a 1080p, you know, stream. If you look at Sky, or you look at you know, oh, some know, of yeah. the free view. It's, it's like saying it's... this is a JPEG that's fifty-five thousand pixels wide and fifty-five thousand. It's got a quality setting of one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, no, it's just you can see all the banding, and and this is yeah. this is the worry about 4K because when you see 4K on a demo disc, it does look stunning. Yeah. Um, and and maybe 4K streamed at a good enough quality will still look stunning, but is it? But it's not the same as a 4K Blu-ray disc running on a bit of dedicated hardware. You know, yes. otherwise there would be no need for that hardware. Yeah. Um, Android TV and Google Cast 
um, for 2016. So they're going to com- combine everything together, basically. So all the kind of Chromecasty stuff is going to get integrated into certain manufacturers' hardware. Um, and, and, and with basically everything's again this is the whole theme of everything being brought together into uh, these homogenized machines that are capable of doing all these different things so google are obviously bringing everything together into this one central place you've said android tv is a bit of a mess at the moment so maybe they appreciate that and they want to try and now get everything sorted uh, so i picked up i picked up a new telly for the house but so basically it's my mum's primary telly now and it's just out the box it was just like this ouch you know it was this the way it was all introduced and it looked nice enough but it just launched you straight into once you put your Wi-Fi password in, here's YouTube recommendations and here's all these streaming services and and we won't tell you anything about how to use this. And even just switching it off, you were like, does it does it switch off? You know, there was yeah. no instructions and it was all online. So that's mm-hmm. fine for me, but for someone like mom, it's like, what is that? I just want a little book to sit down and, and read through and understand how to use this. You know, and a big Netflix button in the middle. Netflix. And she's like, What is this? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so there was just and, and and also it runs an awful lot of apps. When you yeah. look through the running app list, it is ridiculous. Yeah, and it does actually doing it. And it does daft things like you know by default it'll auto update, but it'll scream like I need to update now when you're watching the telly, and you yes. can't really pause it and delay it. So it's like well I'm turning that off and I'll I'll update it myself from now on. Thanks. So there's things that I just thought were were nice about it, and other things were just a bit. Ugh. And and it's hard to know if that's Android TV or Sony's implementation of Android yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, you never know, do you? Um, but I'd say these these Chromecast kind of things, basically the audio casting that Chromecast brought in now makes something like a Sonos player a reality. And they're trying to make now make sure that that's all being controlled by your Android TV. So it's all like the central hub area. That's Absolutely. Uh, finally, Netflix. Um, Netflix has launched everywhere, pretty much. They're covering most of the globe now, rather than the kind of central zones. But they're obviously saying a lot of that is going to be dependent on their internet activity, connectivity, rather than actual having the service available. But it's good that they've managed to get the licensing sorted, and they then they're everywhere. Absolutely. Um, so they're still trying to get into China, and they're not allowed in North Korea, Syria, and Crimea. Um, thanks to US Not laws. a lot of things are. <laughs> no. Um, and also they confirmed that they're going to start off on HDR content later this year so if your tv supports it then you should be good to go and they have already got some 4k streams but they're obviously talking about that expanding up um some point there you go so that was the news since we've been away um i haven't got a pick have you got a pick um no i've not got a pick and we've been talking long enough now anyway so it's fine um there you go so that's the the first episode of the new year done we'll hopefully be back on a weekly schedule as as per normal from now on um look forward to chatting to you then um if you want to find out more about what we are who we are and what we do digitaloutbox.com and you can talk to us if you want info at digitaloutbox.com is our email and we're also on twitter as digitaloutbox um I've got a blog at academyracer.co.uk, um, which follows along my racing antics. At some point, I'll start flicking more stuff into there as the racing season approaches. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as CheesyUK. Ian, where can we find you? My blog is iand.net. I am on Twitter as Shweepa. Wonderful. And we'll talk to you next week. Uh, goodbye. Ta-da.
I was also going to say I was I'm on Peach's Sweeper as well, but I thought that would be <laughs> pointless. <laughs> yes, I'm and on I'm Peach's a... Cheesy UK. Although I will never use it ever again. I'm, I will add snubbed. you. I will add you just to force you to use it now. It is snubbed. Uh, maybe I'll use that to sort out podcasts from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with your solo podcast. <laughs>